if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world World of of food. food. First, did you hear Taco Bell is bringing back their nacho fries for the ninth time in history? (laughs) Absence truly does make the heart grow fonder. Mm. Second, have you heard about the recipe that's gone viral for cottage cheese ice cream? At first I was like, but what you do is you take uh, two cups of cottage cheese and you add in uh, two tablespoons of honey or maple syrup and a banana uh, blend it all together in a food processor, freeze it for about an hour, and it creates the exact consistency and taste of ice cream, but it's low in fat and high in protein and calcium. Here's one TikToker's response. No way. No way. I think what I would do next time is chop up some graham crackers or like cookie bites in there. She loved it. That was mm-hmm. the banana cream flavor. Mm-hmm. And finally, mm-hmm. in the world of food, if you've been to the American Girl Doll Cafe, it won't surprise you that they just opened the... Malibu Barbie Cafe in New York City (laughs) and Chicago. One downside, they're temporary pop-up restaurants, so don't delay. (laughs) Go there in your your Malibu Barbie. What kind of car? She had a Corvette, right? Did you have the dream Uh, Corvette or something? I think so. Yeah. Did you have any of that stuff? Any of the... My my dad made us a homemade Barbie-like house with shag carpet. (laughs) <laughs> that was left over from the previous homeowners. It had like wood panel. It was all homemade. You know my childhood. Five kids on a pastor's salary. No, I didn't have the Malibu Dream House. Of course not. We had Malibu Barbie. We had. I had a Barbie with no head, and I liked it. <laughs> if your community pool had been shut down for years because it just, it was unsanitary. Just water's just nasty. You'll get sick if you swim in that pool. We don't know what's going on, but we're going to try to fix it. And then one day they said it's open. Would you let your kids jump in the pool? Would you be like, oh yeah, let, let's go swimming? Well, there's a body of water that people have been told don't swim in since like the 1920s that they're getting ready to reopen. I'm going to tell you about it in a minute. See if you would do a cannonball into this or if you'd be like, mm, I don't know if that's for me or not. We'll talk about it next. Okay, so think about this. You're you're planning a family vacation or something, right? Beach vacation. And you do some Googling around. You find out a beach you wanted to go to. That water's been closed since the 20s. Unsafe to swim in. And then they announce, hey, it's okay. Come on, everybody in the everybody jump in the jump in the water. Would you do it? Would you put your kids in that water? Well, in Paris, there's a river that runs right through Paris. It's called the Seine River. And they've said that it's unsafe to swim in since like the 1920s. And now they're saying in time for the 2024 Olympics, it's going to be totally safe to swim in. As a matter of fact, they're going to have the opening ceremonies in the river, not in a stadium. They're going to have them like floating along the Seine River, I guess like a boat parade or something. And then they're going to have competitive swimming events in the water, like the triathlon is going to be in the Seine River. Hasn't been safe to swim in since the 20s, and they're saying, nope, their cleanup efforts, it's going to be totally fine. I have a feeling this is the kind of thing in like two or three years after those Olympics, you're going to find these athletes are having all kinds of like, oh, we got yeah, respiratory issues. <laughs> it's going to be from swimming in that river that no one swam in since the 20s. I, I don't know that I would be for that if I were one of those athletes. Ugh. So I've had jury duty this week and (laughs) I was in the courtroom for hours and hours yesterday. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you the latest on the whole jury duty saga in just a minute. We cannot wait to hear your latest adventures, Taylor. 
from jury duty. Yes, it's fascinating. I mean, the whole thing. I'm just like in awe of our court system that you're you're entitled to a jury of your peers, innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. The whole thing was so interesting, but it is finished. Really? I did not you're get done? to I came close. I was in the courtroom for hours and hours and hours yesterday. So you were part of a selection pool. You got yeah, pulled in. And yeah, there was were... uh, 45 of us, uh-huh. and we knew that they were going to narrow it down to 12. Plus a couple and, alternates. Um, and so you hold No, there were no alternates. Mm. Yeah, just 12. And you hold up your little paddle, like if things... Have you ever done this, or do you know anyone who's in the in the law enforcement business, and you know stuff like that? <laughs> and um, at one point, the afternoon was kind of dragging on, and I was reading a book. I had talked to this lady for a while, and then I started reading, and all of a sudden, and you got to get used to being called your juror number, and mm-hmm. it, I just couldn't get used to it, and so. They're standing up front of this huge room where they have like HGTV going, HGTV going on all these TV yeah, screens and stuff. And, entertain people while they're uh, stuck there's a there. vending machine and stuff. And um, they go, juror number nineteen, we need you. And I was like, I looked around. I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> and I jumped up and I had to go back into the courtroom all by myself, just me. And they had a question, and I think they were confused about me. Somehow they thought I knew someone in the DA's office. I'm like, no. (laughs) And I got out, and I said to the bailiff, I go, well, somebody got me confused with a different juror number. And she laughed, and she goes, I'll tell you later what happened. Well, when they finally let us go, I didn't get picked for the jury. Mm-hmm. I had to go out a different do- door, and I never got to see that bailiff again. Oh, so you don't know. So I, it's like I'm part of this movie that I'll never see the ending. <laughs> I'm so curious. <laughs> I want to know why they called me in there by myself and thought I knew the D someone in the DA's office. You had a look, yeah, that narc look about you. <laughs> I guess. It was really wild. I was so nervous. I'm like, yes, your honor. No, sir. Yes, sir. I don't. But, but the halls of justice are done with you. They're done with me. All right. Yes. The, Congratulations. They, they said you are free to go. Congratulations. We're talking about Taylor. Her jury duty is done. And mm-hmm. it would be interesting to know how do they pick people that are on the juries? Because I went through the same thing and I wound up on a jury and the case went to trial and it was fascinating. The whole process was fascinating, especially the guy that was the defendant. Uh, Afterwards, the lawyers can, if you're willing to stick around, they do what they call an audit where they can ask you questions and you know, they want to do their job better. Oh. And they'll ask you like, did I, was, was there anything I did that put you off? Was there anything that I, that my client did that made you think twice? And the, and you give them feedback so they can get better Ooh. at their job. Um, and, and the guy that was on trial with us, it was a pretty serious offense. Uh, and we, in the conversation, someone said to his lawyer, why did you allow him to go on the stand? He goes, I tried to talk him out of that. Ooh, that was his decision. Interesting. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, we were not permitted to discuss the case with each other, of course. Like, you cannot talk mm. about it. And um, you couldn't Google it, any of that. Like, mm-hmm. very strict orders because we did have a lunch break. But the one lady did share with me, one of my fellow jurors, uh-huh. the, um, the one attorney did put her off. 
something he said to her in the questioning. She was like, I didn't didn't like that he said that to me. And I was like, (gasps) wow. Uh oh. And she got picked for the jury. So much for the blind scales, scales of justice. I don't like your attitude. (laughs) She was really, I can't say what he said to her. But it was very snarky. But think about, I mean, and the judge didn't say but, anything. Like, but that weighs her. Her opinion is now tainted. Maybe and someone could or could not be found guilty based on her bias towards that attorney. Maybe he's definitely said something that he probably should have just not said. Not said. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. I wonder if his client was sitting there going like, "Dude, dude, what are you doing?" <laughs> Taylor, I just met some people the other day who are brand new to church. They went to an Easter service and they were so excited about their faith. And there's nothing like that when someone is a new believer. And it's one of the reasons I'm so grateful that there's the He Gets Us campaign. Yeah, it's a multi-year effort to raise and re- the respect and relevance of Jesus in the U.S., So whether you're new to the faith, like those people at Kevin's church at Easter, or you've been a Christian for many, many years, you are going to love being part of the He Gets Us fans community. Yeah, it's real easy to join. Just text the word fans, that's F-A-N-S, to the number 70193. That's fans to 70193. And you'll join a group of believers who are getting updates and exciting news about where the He Gets Us movement is headed next. Yeah, I joined a few weeks ago. And by becoming a fan, you get exclusive updates on new ads, events, and other exciting news related to the He Gets Us movement. Just text fans to 70193. Coming up, this is the most beautiful example of the love a father has for his son. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news! This is the most beautiful example of the love a father has for his son. Daniel's 16-year-old kid has kidney disease and needed a brand new kidney. Well, they got the good news that dad was a match for his son. Only one problem. Doctors said, um, we can't do surgery on you until you get to a healthy weight. So... He got to work and lost 80 pounds for his son. No kidding. The surgery's in June, and Daniel's determined to stay healthy after the surgery. He said he can now play hockey with his son, something he wasn't able to do before because of the extra weight. So he saved his son's life, and his son gave him a new life. Yeah. (laughs) They both both benefited from that. That's pretty cool. So have you ever done a wedding on a shoestring budget? We've got one in our family this weekend. (laughs) And let's just say there's adventure around every corner. (laughs) We're going to talk about it next. So I don't know if you've ever had a budget wedding in your family. For, For me and Glenn, it was such a tight budget that I never even went wedding dress shopping. I just tried on my sister's, knew we could get it altered, and I'd wear a different Mm -hmm. veil that my mom made. And no one knew, even though we got married two years apart, no one knew we wore the same dress. Um, Well, my niece and her fiancé are having a budget wedding this weekend. And one of the reasons it's budget is uh, her mom and dad said, here's your chunk of money. You decide how to spend it. You can either have a nice wedding or you can have a really cheap wedding and put the money towards the house you want to buy. So they're getting married in the backyard of the house they found. Nice. And um, things like... They've had to work on everything, including bringing in a porta potty, um, <laughs> which I suggested a double that they should I get wish. two. Yes, uh, they're still with one, nice. just mm. one. Yeah, for that, 175. That's, that's gonna yes. be the mistake. <laughs> but my mom, my sister, 
Suzanne and my mom, Sandy, they are rock stars, artists, superheroes. They're unbelievable. So here's the deal. My sister, Suzanne, does beautiful floral arrangements, and so does my mom. Okay. Like, you give my mom, like, a little bouquet of grocery store flowers, she makes it look like it came from the most expensive florist in town, and she Mm. loves doing it. So, they're doing all the flowers from the wedding themselves. Mm. And to top it all off, my mom, who recently became a widow in January... Uh, they're going up today, and they're going to stay at an Airbnb and start working on the flowers and try to refrigerate the floral arrangements and all this stuff. She pre-cooked all their meals so that they don't have to stop working on flowers. She made, like, <laughs> homemade soup. She made homemade spaghetti sauce. I'm like, Mom, there is nothing you can't do. She's just amazing. That is really cool. That is so proud of her. That is some she's in her element, though. I bet she loves it. I think she's going to have a blast. Yeah, me too. So I was talking earlier about how my niece is getting married this mm-hmm. weekend. And it's, it's going to be an adventure around every corner. I mean, from one example is um, her fiance's mom has 10 brothers and sisters. Whoa. And almost all of them, all the they're all married. They mm-hmm. all have children. And There's grandchildren. Coming? They all. Yeah. That's why the wedding's Oof. so big. Because his family's like half of it. <laughs> They're a huge family. And um, and so I, I'm just really excited. But one thing that's um, very bittersweet is my niece Alyssa really wanted her papa to be there, her grandpa. Aww. And mom was going to try to load him up in the handicapped van and get mm. him up there. It's about an hour and a half from our hometown of Jupiter. And uh, he's not going to be there. And Aww. it's the most beautiful thing. Um, her big sister took a picture of my dad holding Alyssa on his lap when she was probably like eight months old and she made it into this like piece of jewelry and it's going to be tied to her bouquet oh that's and cool she left she gave her note at the bridal shower and said he'll be right there with you oh, that's when you really walk cool. down the aisle which I think is just it what was a great so idea beautiful yes how do your kids treat the robots in their lives? This would be a great question for our producer Griffin because his kids are seven and six. The robots. Uh, the robots in their lives. You have ro- you have a robot in your house, Kev. Oh, the the Roomba. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Researchers got super curious, so they got a bunch of kids and learned that when it comes to robots like your vacuum cleaner, they weren't very nice to the Roombas. <laughs> But when it comes to A-L-E-X-A, I don't want to say her name because I don't want to mess up your device. Uh, They were polite and kind. Talking about kids here. Hmm. Young children feel like A-L-E-X-A has emotions and you can hurt her feelings. But Roomba (laughs) does not. And their theory, these scientists have a theory that things uh, that kids think that way because a-L-E-X-A can talk, mm. and Roombas can't. Mm. And so you can, they're um, not very nice to the Roombas. I don't know what version my wife has on her phone. I think it's it might be a Siri update every day. Uh, but anyhow, every day when she wakes up, she can hit this button, and it'll be a voice speaking to her. And, and it's a, a British male voice, and it's saying, good morning, Tracy, and gives the we- tells what the weather's going to be. Here's what you have to do today. And some days wow. it'll some days it'll just be... Uh, uh, get up, feed the dogs, kiss Kevin. <laughs> so she's got a British dude reminding her to kiss you. That's a little bizarre. <laughs> I don't know how do I feel about this. I think it's. I think she simultaneously got that when we were really into watching Downton Abbey. 
So I think she liked the idea of having like a butler or something. <laughs> hilarious. But that's you know, out of anyone's economic reach. So Siri it is. Coming up, what life skills do you think middle schoolers should start learning? Your job as a parent is to get your kids ready for life ahead, right? So what life skills do you think your middle schoolers should start learning? It's already a tough time with braces, acne, friendship, drama, but you want to be ready for high school and eventually adulthood. So according to experts, middle school kids should be learning, number one, how to manage technology. In other words, if you felt like they deserved a phone, a lot of parents say no, but if they have a phone, they need to learn how to limit their time on it. Number two, they should know how to do laundry, how to make a bed and change the sheets. Number three, how to wake up on their own, set the alarm and get up when it goes off. Hmm. And the fourth thing that experts say middle schoolers should be learning, um, how to keep their own calendar. And uh, there's a fifth one, make a simple meal. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, a, I think that's a good starting list. We, why don't you call and add to the list? I had a couple pop into my head just while you were, you were talking. Well, I'll mention those in a minute, but we'd love to hear from you. So we'd love to hear from you. We've got this list going of stuff that you think middle schoolers should learn and know. You know, life skills and stuff. Give us a call. What would you add to the list? Hey, Karn, we're talking about stuff we think our middle schoolers should know by the time you know, they're leaving middle school. What would you add to this list? I would add that... They need to kind of identify the things they feel strongly about and how to do something about them. And you're someone to help with people who choose life, right? I saw them kind of get a little angry about it. And I'm like, hey, we can't just sit here and talk about it. So um, I introduced him to our local pregnancy resource center and showed him how to help and be the change. Like, hey, if you don't like something, go out and change it. Be willing to spend your time and money to do it. Mm, Yeah, good advice. I do that with my kids, too. The second they start complaining about, like, I don't know, a politician or politics or corporations or whatever. I'll go, what are you doing about it? What can you do to be the change that you want to see in the world? And if everybody started doing that, we'd, you know, we'd see a difference. So, man, I love that. Guess I filed that one under personal responsibility, right? How about you? What do you think middle schoolers should know by the time they leave middle school? Give us a call. Hey, Fran, so what do you think middle schoolers should know by the time they're headed off to high school? Hey, there's actually a few things. I'm a single mom, and some valuable lessons I've learned with my daughter, who's now 21. One of the things, I know they've mentioned budgeting before already, but learning how to save and give, Mm. like incorporating that into the budgeting. Yeah. Because... Yeah, the, many of the kids these days they don't they don't understand the value of earning what they want and saving for what they want. Mm. So, um, and well, then in giving also, too, people will see like I don't know some yeah. bazillionaire gave a million dollars to this great organization, and that can make you feel like your your giving is insignificant. But it's not. It's it's vitally important, not just to the the organizations and charities that need help, but also for your own heart, right? Yep, exactly. And I've always told my daughter that if she doesn't start building that into her plan in the beginning, it's very hard to get back to it once you get older mm. because it's not it's not a habit for you at that point. Yeah. There were a couple um, couple that I was going to add to the list. Um I think yeah. having your kids have a robust spiritual life where they are they're actively yeah, exactly. praying and talking to Jesus every day just as a part of who they exactly. are. Right? It shouldn't be like our faith is an add-on to their life. It should yep. be the source, the foundation, the summit, everything of their life. And then the other one too, I'm big on this. 
a sense of occasion, yeah, yeah. having a sense of occasion. Yeah. Like if you're going somewhere fancy, you don't wear sweatpants and tennis shoes. You dress <laughs> for it and you have the demeanor exactly. for that occasion as well. Everything is not you don't act like everything is going to Walmart at 3 a.m., right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so usually Kevin's the one on the show that goes, it scares me how my brain works sometimes. Right, sometimes I do dream up the perfect crimes, <laughs> and it is scary. Well, thankfully, mine's not criminal in any way, but I was like, why is my brain going there? So I walked down the hall here at the radio station to use the restroom, and okay. I noticed someone put a floral arrangement right by the sinks. I'm like, oh, someone's trying to like uh, make it all homey and feminine in here. And the flowers, I'm not making this up, they're origami. They're like folded. And I was like, wow. And so I go in the stall, do my thing. And I realized, man, if I ever was completely out of TP, could I unfold (laughs) one of the flowers? See, your weird brain is contagious. Left alone to our own devices, things get weird. Okay, that's really funny that you found an origami flower display in the ladies' room. Yes. Uh, I know where it came from. You do? I do. I know the origins of the origami floral arrangement. I'll tell you where... Do you know why it's in the bathroom? Uh, No, but I'll tell you where it came from next. Okay. Okay, so you were were saying that there was an origami floral arrangement in the ladies' room here at the radio station. You're wondering where it came from, and in a jam, could you use it for TP? Um, We have a new employee. Her name, she goes by HP. HP is responsible for your TP origami. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that on her desk the other and day. Yeah, she made that herself. Really? Yeah, she, I said, okay, so this is definitely, wow. you YouTubed it, right? She goes, oh yeah, I YouTubed it. And she said, there were people at my church who are allergic to flowers and I wanted to have lilies for no Easter. So way. I made these. She yeah. is a rock star superhero, and I'm surprised that wasn't a pandemic project <laughs> and a pandemic way to have emergency TP around. <laughs> so have you ever made some lifestyle changes and rules like from this day forward, we're doing this, and then you regret it? <laughs> That's kind of happening in our house right now. Tell you what's happening next. All right. So, so are my wife and I the only people that do this? We declared like, all right, at night after dinner, when we're watching TV, or, you know, chilling out, doing whatever we're doing. That That's when we wind up becoming junk food junkies. The rest of the day, we're pretty good. Like, we make good choices. We don't eat a lot of junk. But at night, for some reason, it's like you're, I don't know, you're watching your favorite show. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, I'm going to make some chips and cheese. I'm going to go grab a couple of potato chips. And And my mistake is I grab a few chips and I leave the bag open on the counter. And then I keep walking back in like every five minutes and grabbing a few more. And pretty soon half the bag is gone. So we've made this declaration. No junk food in the house. We're not having any junk food in the house. But I'll tell you, when one of us breaks down and brings home a bag of chips, it's gone. Boom. Like that. Like within a day, it's gone. And I'm wondering, are we the only ones that do this? It's very weird. It's irrational behavior. But we do it. No junk food. And then we're like, all we want is junk food. Have you been through that? Does that sound familiar? Are we the only ones that are that weird? It's Kevin and Taylor. Okay, so the junk food runs or the junk food is in the house. I have to admit, my kids, they are still in school and they have snacks at school. So I do a junk food run. I go to the local grocery store and get all the junk food. <laughs> for my kids. But the thing is, it's supposed to last them like two weeks. 
it only lasts in like three days. And they're like, Mom, I need snacks for school. Look, I just spent so much on junk food. Like, where is it? It's for school. Now, is that a problem for you, though, when you have all the junk food in the house? Do you wind up, uh, you know, like having some of it, too? Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll sneak a couple of those snacks. A couple more, and then a couple more. <laughs> yeah, late night snacks. Right, and then you're blaming the kids. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, why did y'all eat them all?